to a brand new episode of the Pocket of Wisdom podcast on King Canvas. On this podcast, I like to invite people from different walks of life to share the nuggets of wisdom. And if you've ever wondered what a life of a doctor is like, you're going to be interested in today's story because today I have with me Dina, also known as Didi Akatumi. She's my cousin. <laughs> And Didi, could you do us the honors of introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. So, I'm Diana Delsha. I'm a medical officer currently serving with the government sector here in Slango. But previously, I was serving in Keningau, which is a hospital in Sabah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So, I'm really excited because today, we are going to learn how you have been braving COVID as a friend. Liner. But before that, we are going to play a little game. Okay. I like to call it Pow React, which is Pocket of Wisdom React. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're gonna do is that I'm going to show you a few memes, which are assumptions people have made about doctors, and so you can just share with us whether it's true or not based on your experience. Sounds okay. good? Yeah, cool. Okay, okay. So the first one that I'm going to show you I'll put it up on the screen. If you're watching, if you're listening to this on Spotify, it will be available on YouTube. Okay? So the first one is this. Okay. Who are we, doctors? <laughs> and then there's scribble writing there. So is it true that all doctors have really scribbly, non-understandable writing? Actually, no. Because hmm. I think my handwriting is pretty good. Lah. So I don't know who made these assumptions. Probably those days they wrote like this. But nowadays, we 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 write clearly. Lah. Yeah. That's good to know. That's interesting. <laughs> okay. So the second meme is... Telling a patient to eat healthy despite knowing you have a full KFC makeup bucket waiting for you at home. Okay, actually most of us are health conscious but at the same time we love to eat unhealthy, right? Mm. And I mean we are humans too and we fall sick too obviously. So like why I say we love to eat unhealthy is probably after like a long day at work and when we come home and we're so tired, sometimes like that donut or that curry puff is the only comfort food that we crave. Right. Yeah. So sometimes we can be giving like advices to our patients, but at the end of the day, sometimes we don't even follow it. I mean, it depends on the situation. Lah. Yeah. I mean, everyone is their cheat day yeah. as well, right? Sometimes I cheat every day. Well, there you have it, people. <laughs> All right. So the third one is, has your patient ever tried to self-diagnose themselves through WebMD? you know, before coming to you. Okay, this is actually very common. And really? I yeah. actually didn't think it would be. Okay, Yeah, it's actually very common. Like, they will come to us and they already know their diagnosis. You know, some of them actually just come to us because they want to get the medical certificate. They want to go on MC. So, they will just come right. to us and tell us, oh, I have diarrhea. I've been having diarrhea for the past two days. So, you know, before we can even like, um, um, you know, inspect them before we can even check them. They already come up with their own diagnosis. All they want to do is give give them the MC and right. also get the medication. So this is actually very common. So when this happens, I usually just like listen along and like just nod my head. Yeah. Right. But usually, are their own self diagnosis accurate? Um, most of the time it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> most of the time it's not. But then um, there are those that are really like they have got good insight lah. So yeah. That those that that uh, come with their own diagnosis which are wrong, um, we tend to like try to tell them that hey that's not what you are actually having. 
and yeah so usually it happens lah. right yeah. right okay and the fourth one is it tough for doctors to have a social life okay um <laughs> actually it depends. It depends which department you're in. So if you're in a department where you work 8 to 5, then probably you have a mm. better work-life balance. But if you're in a department where you have to on-call about 24 to 36 hours, then maybe that would be a bit more difficult, a challenge. Lah. But I believe you make time for what's important to you, mm. right? So um, nowadays, I realize that most doctors have a good work-life balance and it's also good mm. for your mental health. Yeah. So yeah, I have a good life. I have a great life. And oh. I have time to spend time with my family, time to spend time with Deborah here. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's actually great to hear yeah. because I don't know, I hear a lot of stories about or even I've seen friends who are always just so tired. And yeah. I mean I feel for them. Yeah. I feel like they don't have a choice yeah. because they are working yeah. long hours. Yeah, that's pretty sad, but yeah. you make time for what's important to you. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. And so now for the fifth one, right? Maybe we can hear from you. Okay. Like, um, before you entered the workforce as a doctor, mm-hmm. like, um, what are some assumptions that you had that changed, you know? Like, what's okay. the first experience you had at work that changed your assumption about doctors? Okay, so you know, like, in Malaysia, we have a training period, right? Called yes. housemanship. So yes. Obviously, if you ask anyone, any any doctor, mm. like they would say, what you ask them, what's the reason you became a doctor? They would say it's to save lives, to help people. Yeah. You know, this is the common things you would hear. Yeah. So when I entered housemanship, I always thought, okay, I'm going to be saving so many lives today. You know, the adrenaline rush and this mm. and that. But honestly, as doctors, we take on many roles. Not only as a doctor, we save lives, but also we have to become a counsellor. Why I say counsellor mm. is because we need to counsel the family members. Most right. family members will be like, um, they won't agree with why we do what we do. Or mm. why the cost of treatment for their for their the patient, they won't agree with it. So we have to counsel them why we're doing this. Right, and then like um, let's say there's a mortality meeting. So it, let's say um, a patient dies, and this goes up to JKNS, okay, mm. which is the Jabatan Kesihatan Negeri mm. Selangor, okay. So during those meetings, you need to defend yourself. So in that sense, you become your own advocate. No one will defend for you. You have to be your oh. own lawyer. Right. Yeah. And then there are days where we become transporters. So what I mean by that, you have to transport the patient from one place to the other place. And then there are days where we are cleaners. So we have to mm. clean after the patient. So basically, we take on a lot of roles. Lah. And it was initially a culture shock, but now I'm used to it. Yeah. Right. Wow. That means you really have to wear many hats yes, throughout the day. Yes. Like yes. one day you have to take care about the factual stuff of things and the other day you have to take care of the more emotional aspect yes, of people. Yes, and yes. also cleaning. Yes. Cleaning. The, the doctors do the cleaning. Yeah. There are days oh. where we have to give the patient a bath, you know, we have to right. clean up after their waste. Especially like when I was in my Pete's posting, I had mm. to help out with kids and with the babies. I mean, it's good lah. I mean, I yeah. enjoyed my Pete's posting. Yeah. So. Right, right. Wow, that's really interesting to hear. And I think now we can move on to a more the more recent years, you know, okay. the years where basically last year when COVID hit us. Mm. I think all of us have experienced COVID differently. Mm. And for most of us, we are receiving instructions to stay at home, right? To quarantine ourselves. Mm. But for people like you, it's a different story Mm -hmm. because you have to be out there as a frontliner. So what 
what was it like for you when you first heard of uh, COVID hitting Malaysia and you as a doctor? How was it like? Okay, um, so how did I feel? Okay, during the early stages when before this, this was even before lockdown was announced, mm. Um, I remember I had a lot of uncertainty. Mm. Why I say that is because, okay, actually I had a lot of trips planned. And during that time, I had to cancel all my trips. This was even before lockdown was announced, right? right? And I had to uh, cancel the trips and also lose some amount of money. Mm. At the same time, it gave me a lot of peace as to um, doing that. Because God actually told me like, I don't know, he gave me like this aura like lockdown was going to happen. Mm. So I, I had to cancel my trips. Uh, otherwise, I was also feeling very uncertain because um, I had to be away from my family. So I braced myself. I knew it was coming. Mm. So I braced myself and prepared for the fact that I would not be seeing them for a long time. Alright? And this was during the early stages. And then during the peak, it actually progressed. I became frustrated. Okay, why frustrated? Let me tell you. Mm. So as KKM staffs, as healthcare workers, mm. during the most of the COVID season, our leaves were actually frozen. Oh. You know, it was frozen for like the longest time. Like throughout the whole of last year, I think my leaves were frozen. Okay. okay? Versus those who actually, my friends and family, you know, they were literally enjoying themselves. And there were also those who were working from home. Um, versus me, working every day. And then also during the, when the interstate travel was already lifted, yeah. a lot of them were already traveling, mm. you know, and violating SOPs. So that really got me frustrated, yep. you know. <laughs> I remember a time where um, the state health department, they actually issued an official letter stating that all healthcare workers, their leaves would be frozen until further notice. Oh. Yeah, you know why? Because they wanted to overcome the increase in um, workload. Right, right. So, because of that, um, the Sabah state elections were upcoming and they were expecting a rise in the COVID cases. So, that really hit me. Like, why do I have to sacrifice? How much longer will I need to sacrifice? Yeah. Yeah, so that was tough. So, from uncertainty to frustration. But now, looking back, I can I can see why um, I was in that situation, you know. Because sometimes God puts us in an uncomfortable situation to push us into our next step, to push us into our what he has planned yeah. for us, right? So if I wasn't away from my family, you know, if I didn't go through that process of being away from my family, it wouldn't have actually pushed me to put in my application for transfer back to Slango. Yeah. I'd probably right. still wow. be mm. in Sabah right now and probably not even be sitting right next to Deborah and give, you know speaking to y'all. Yeah. I'd still be there serving as uh, as a doctor there. So that season actually made me put in my application for transfer because I believe God is actually transitioning me now and he has a different plan for me here in Slango. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that is Thank you for sharing that. And since, yeah, for those of you who have not realized it yet, she was adopted in Sabah. And we all know what happened in Sabah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what was the mindset that you have to have as a doctor going through all of this? Okay, um, a little background story. Mm. Actually, um, in Keningau, mm. um, Keningau was actually one of the hospitals yeah. um, where the spread of disease actually happened among the healthcare workers. Oh. Yeah, okay. So, um, it was a challenging time because most of the, the people 
their family members, those who were affected, they were actually banned from entering their own uh, place of stay. So the villagers actually set up like barriers so that they couldn't pass through. And they even, some even resorted to using weapons. Oh. So it was a very disturbing time. Wow. Yeah. They used weapons. Yeah. Okay. Orang kampung lah kan? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Betul, betul. So, orang kampung. So, okay. <laughs> so it was challenging lah because um, I would like to tell you uh, like the mindset of us as healthcare workers at that time, you know, we just wanted to be there for each other because the community, they lost trust in us healthcare workers at that time. Like, before it even hit the the people, it hit us healthcare workers first. So they were, they were like doubting us, like, if we can't even uh, prevent this disease from going to, um, you know, from happening to us, how are we going to help the community? Yeah. Right? So at that time, I remember we had to like, all in, we had to go all in, you know, and as a hospital, we had to set up like screening centers and mm. quarantine centers and it all happened within a day. Like everyone came wow. together and executed wow. it within a day. Like cleaners, guards and staff nurses, mm. you know, ed- assistants, doctors, everybody just came together. They knew exactly what to do. There was no fuss at all. So for me, my mindset actually... At that time, yes, I was there as a front frontliner, you know, helping my hospital yeah. and everything. But me personally, I had a lot of mixed emotions. Like I just mentioned, uncertainty, frustration, and everything. Yeah. Um. Okay. It maybe sound sounds a bit dramatic, but I actually felt like Jesus, you know, yeah. in that in that moment because mm-hmm. I felt like I'm sacrificing my life to yeah. save the lives of people that I don't know. You know, all mm-hmm. those thoughts just you know, came into my mind. I was like, why me? You know, why me? Mm. Yeah, so I had a lot of uh, mixed emotions. But um, there's a verse that I can relate to right now, you know. Um, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the, the joy that was set before him endured the cross, you know, despising the shame and is set at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah. So, I had to go through that situation, the trials and tribulations that I had to go through. And I knew that joy is coming. I would see my family members in the future. I would be able to reunite with them. So for those who are still away from your family members or still experiencing lockdown, fear not because joy is coming. Joy is ahead. So let this verse be an encouragement to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I... I'm so thankful that you shared that because I I've, I have so many friends who have not seen their families in like so long as yeah. well. And I have a friend who um, is stuck overseas for the past year and she had to learn to make a living there as well. Oh dear, yeah, wow. Yeah, until today she is over there. And to hear your story of how people were coming against you when you were kind of low-key the only hope at that time to even help the community there and you had to brave through together with your team of healthcare workers. That's really inspiring. I guess it really brought you guys closer together. Yes, it definitely did. I mean, I'm very proud to be part of the frontliners there in Hospital Kuningao. Yeah, and I'm proud to know that Uh. my own cousin has been doing it as well. Yeah. And was there an experience that like you can't forget? Hmm. 
Actually, there's so many experiences. Just share, my, girl. My, Just share. My life is filled with experiences. Okay, so there's this uh, specific experience, specific thing that I went through. I remember I just finished my shift at the screening counter, like the right. screening center. So I was at home, I think this was about 9pm, mm. when I actually received a text from my hospital director. Okay. Okay. And in the text, she told me that I will need to pack my bags and get ready and I was going to be deployed to Kota Kinabalu. Okay, uh, a little context. So basically, um, at that time, it was the peak of COVID season. Right. Okay, so we were like running low on manpower. Mm. Okay, so they were taking um, staffs from the district hospital to place them in the tertiary centres. Mm. So Keningau is about two hours away from KK. Lah. Yeah. So... Um, they were just shuffling staffs everywhere. Okay, mm. so guess who's the lucky one lah to be chosen from hospital cleaning out? Yeah, me. <laughs> so, basically the text said that I have like about 24 hours to pack everything and to report for duty on Monday. So that, oh, it was... 24 a, hours? Yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine right now the panic that hit me at that time. I was cool sweating immediately. It was not even a discussion. It was not a negotiation. It was literally an order. You know, right. full stop. I couldn't argue anything. I just cried, man. I cried and cried and cried. I remember crying so much. I called my family, I called my friends and I cried. I said, why me? You know, all kinds of thoughts were like going through my mind. Mm. Why me? And I was the only one chosen. No one else to wow. demand me, you know. Wow. Yeah. So I was thinking like, how about my accommodation? You know, how about my food, my transport? Do I have to take out my own money? And I also like thinking like, what about the team that I'm going to work with in KK? Yeah. Because I didn't know anyone. So it was like so scary and it's like so uncomfortable. Imagine no one wants to be uh, brought out of their comfort zone, right? Yeah. Everyone is big on comfort, right? Yes. So, uh, I was like, why do I have to go through this again and again? Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, the next day I remember I was just packing and my bags and everything and I was like, okay, I realized I was going through like this downward spiral because like the enemy kept putting doubt and fears in my mm. mind, you know. Mm. And I remember I was like, just crying and I could feel myself like sinking into like this deep depression kind of state. Yeah. Then I was like saying to myself, I'm not going to let the enemy like um, ruin my experience Amen. in KK. Yeah. In KK because... I'm sure, like, um, Kiki should be a good experience, you know, being deployed, helping helping the nation should be a good thing, right? Yeah. So, God called me for this purpose. It's like a specific purpose, a specific plan that God chose me to yeah. do. So, I remember, I said, like, okay, you know what, I'm going to sit here and just pray. So, I pray, I say, God, you intervene, you come, you take over. I'm not going to do this on my own. Yeah. I don't want to do this on my yeah. own. You make sure you go before me. So yes. I spoke with authority and I literally just prayed my heart out, you know. Like, I'll cry and pray, cry and pray. And I just went to KK. I decided, okay, go KK. I got no choice, ma. Yeah. So, I went to KK. I did it scared anyway, alright? Mm. But I tell you, God actually blessed my blessed my whole trip, you know, everything. Thank you, Lord. You know why? Guess what? Accommodation was paid for. A five-star service apartment, wow. right? My food was paid for. My transportation, my laundry was even paid for, right? Praise the Lord. I mean, God did above and beyond of what I even thought He could do. And the fact that 
in the hospital I actually met so many friends I met people that I lost touch with for like over the years mm. and I met them and suddenly like this unfamiliar place became like familiar it became comfortable and I was like oh god thank you so much and you know it was supposed to be a work trip yeah but instead it became like a holiday mm. and they needed me for a month but mm. guess what they extended my time for 2 months mm. and you know looking back now i yeah. can i can honestly tell you like at that moment why i went through that situation is because god wanted to teach me lessons right, right. and there's two lessons that i can tell you that i learned at that time now okay number one i felt like god was dealing with my pride mm. you know because um he wanted me to be humble so what's humble so it's a state of uh, lack of pride yes. right So I had so much of pride in me. Why I say pride because I was thinking like what if I fail, you know, what if I'm incompetent? Yeah. All this is pride issues yes. and God wanted to deal with my pride. Mm, mm. When I humbled myself and prayed. So you believe like you've heard this um this saying that says like what goes up must come down, right? Mm. But I believe in what goes down will come up. So why I say that is whoever who goes down in prayer humbles themselves and pray and literally say God in this moment you take over. I'm going to I'm not going to do anything. You come in. Your yeah. grace is sufficient for me. Amen. And he took over. All I had to do is just humble myself and pray like let go of all my pride, you know. Yeah. And the second lesson that I feel he dealt with at that time is my fear. Mm. My fear of man was who at the ultimate high you know this yeah, like, yeah. you know so there's good fear and bad fear so like the healthy fear is of, of course fear of god right yeah. that's a healthy good fear to have fear of men actually prevents you from stepping out mm. actually prevents you from living out god's purpose for your life so that time i had so much of fear of what people will think of me what people will say about me yeah. you know that i did not did not want to to step out in faith yeah. but he had to deal with my fear and after that once that happened it just took off it just that god just came in and he did everything that had to be done and you know sometimes god puts you in a situation he his plan is always to bring you from strength to strength Amen. right from glory to glory yeah. it's always about um, growing right yeah At the end of this season when I came back that means after 2 months of um serving in KK yeah. when I came back to Kaningao there was a promotion waiting for me. Wow. Yes. Wow. Thank and, you Lord. And why I say this is when I came back to Kaningao my hospital director actually called me in. She mm. called me in for a meeting and in the meeting she told me that I was being appointed as the leader for the covid screening and assessment center in wow. hospital kenya so basically now i was calling the shots i was deciding who goes where you know from being the one who was like shaft to go everywhere i was deciding who to go where so i felt like god just came and intervened and gave me the promotion like after i went through that that phase you know yeah it's so good like i i can't imagine now like you know thinking back i really see how god just like his hand just came in that situation lah yeah god that is wow that is such an encouraging story didi goodness gracious 
And I love the keywords that you mentioned. You recognize what the enemy was doing. Yeah. You recognize that he was trying to plant fear into you, trying to plant doubt into you, yes. into yourself. And you recognize that it was a season where God was um, bringing you to trust him more because he had a bigger plan waiting yes. for you yes. at the end yes. of that experience. Yes. This is really just a reminder, you know, for any of you who are listening right now, if you are entering a, a new um, uncharted territory, something you've never done before. And it is uh, a situation where you can't do it unless God comes in. Go, do it scared, like what yes. Didi said. Do it scared and trust that God will hold your hand through the entire journey. And if anything at all, you will draw closer to Him and your your faith in Him will deepen and that in itself will empower you to do so much more. Because, you know, serving God is not just like in church or anything. Yeah. Yep. You serve God yep. in whichever mm-hmm. yes. workplace He places you at. And in Didi's case, it's in the hospitals, in saving lives out there. And she can bring God's presence to people out there. So whatever your job is, it is to serve God as well. You are serving God in whichever area you're at. So don't ever think that, you know, serving God is classified in church only. It's not that. You know, trust God in your vocation, wherever you're placed. Yeah. And wow, I am so encouraged <laughs> just to hear that story. Wow, Didi. And um, I, if I remember correctly, you also served as a connect leader. Yes. How in the world did you juggle <laughs> all <of> that? <laughs> okay, um, actually for most of us, right, mm. um, we experienced lockdown differently. Yeah. And for me, COVID season was all honestly like the best season. Mm. Okay, so um, as a Connect leader, I felt I grew closer to my Connect family, mm. right? And um, I remember it was also tough because uh, as Connect leaders, we now had to take on the role as pastors as well because the church was like closed physically. Yeah. So I remember I had to like check in with my Connect members. I tried to lah at Mm. least every day, you know, so that was a bit tough. But Mm. at the same time, I remember uh, taking a step back. I would go into my room. I would shut the door, sit there in solitude and pray. And that was like the best ever. I love to do that. And, you know, even Jesus did that. He was serving in the marketplace. He went out, served. At the same time, he took time for solitude and prayer. Yes. And that is healthy. That is very healthy. Because in order for people to drink from your cup, your cup needs to be filled. Correct or not? Yes. So, that... I mean, the whole lockdown, COVID season got me closer to my Connect family. Mm. At the same time, it deepened my intimacy with Christ. Yeah, so I loved it. Yeah, One that's, word. that's amazing. Yeah. I just want to like salute you for even being faithful to, you know, where God has placed you to serve in church as well. Like even as a doctor, yeah. you're busy and you're out there giving, giving, giving. And you still made it a point to serve your Connect members as well. And I... I just want to say, I really salute you for doing that. Really, really. And all glory Praise to God. God. Yeah. yeah. All glory to God yeah. for helping you through yes. all of this yeah. at the same time. Right. Wow. And as we come to uh, a close, you know, of this episode, what are some of the words of encouragement that you want to give our listeners out there? Okay. You know, God actually is not interested in how much we do for Him. 
or what we do for him. Mm. He's more interested in the heart behind behind what we do. Yes. He's more yeah. interested in the why, mm. right? And there's this verse in Ephesians 2.8, right? For it's by grace that we are saved, okay, through faith. Okay, not by our works so that no one yes. can boast. Okay, mm. So eternal life is already given to us freely god yes. already gave it to us freely so there's no amount of work that we can do in order to um, earn this yes. it's already given to us amen so i realized like there are a lot of martas out there who are striving who yeah. are being distracted yeah. who are eventually growing weary yeah because they forgot to to plug back into the source mm. okay So I want to encourage y'all just like Mary how she decided to rest in God's presence and just soak in his presence yeah. and listen from him. Yeah. So if ever you are in that situation, learn to rest and not to yes. quit. That is yes. very important. You know, in this world where we are ever moving, everyone's always competing to be the best to achieve yes. the the most in their life. It's also very important for us to go back to the source. Because Amen. when we uh, detach ourselves from the source, that's when we are going to go weary. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for your words of encouragement, Didi. That is so true, you know. Never feel bad for needing to take a break and just go and get down on your knees to seek the Lord. Like, you never have to feel guilt for that. You never have to worry about all your other work that needs to be done. Because... Trust us, when you get down on your knees and you prioritize your relationship with God, everything else will get taken care of. Everything else, you will figure out the way. God will give you ideas just like that, just to settle it. Because at the end of the day, God wants a relationship with you. He wants to get closer to you. And that's His heart for His people out there. And that's honestly the most beautiful love story yes. that we ever yes. can hold on for the rest of our lives yes. and Didi I just want to thank you for making time today to share your story your words of encouragement I believe that people who listen to this story today that they will be blessed Amen. as well and before I end this episode I just want to remind you once again that everyone has a pocket of wisdom to share and that includes you as well so take care have a blessed week and if you have been blessed by this episode do share it out with your friends and that is all that we have for today goodbye Bye.